0: I wish you guys would do that at student events, not just Sunday morning. Good morning, church. Uh, I'm not the Reverend Matt Petty. Uh, my name's Eli. I'm the high school pastor here. As you can tell, some of our high school students on the front row leading worship strong. Hey, it's a pleasure to be with you guys this morning. Last time I was able to take the stage was in May. Now speaking of that camera right there, let me tell you how awesome it is just to be able to stand in here, see faces, uh, and you guys, it's such a blessing to be a part of this this morning, uh, and I, man, I'm really excited for this this morning. So like Carrie said, I really hope uh, you guys had a good Thanksgiving break. Uh, I mean, I know in my house uh, I ate till uh, I couldn't eat anymore, uh, and then I told my wife that we were going to get back on track and we were going to do a diet until last night when I Uber Eats Chinese at 10.30 last night and ate every single bit of the orange chicken, so there's none left, so sorry babe. Um, so we are rolling, we're gonna be fat and sassy during this season and we're gonna love every minute of it. So we're hope you guys are there as well. Man, Church, can, can I just be honest a little bit with you this morning? Um, I really struggled through uh, knowing when I was gonna be able to speak uh, on this topic because I knew God had kinda of given me a message and, and I knew a lot of it kinda of had, had it for me as well. I knew as I was working through this, God was speaking to me through this. And um, if you know anything about me, um, some coworkers would say that I'm not negative, I'm just sarcastic. Anybody else? Like, just start, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you walk into a meeting and you have something like really good, uh, there's a thing called like playing the devil's advocate. Man, I love doing that. I don't know why. Like, I just love it. And like half the time, it's like, you know what? I don't even know what I'm saying here, but I'm going to roll with it, stir the pot a little bit, and see where this thing goes, right? Um, and so I, I just am. And, um. As I was thinking through this, and I really didn't want to talk about this, but walking into 2020 and so on and so forth, um, I, I just being honest as, as your pastor, like, something that is really bothering me is just the negativity of, of just everything going on, right? And I, I didn't want to talk about COVID, and I didn't want to talk about election and politics and, and everything else, but over the last year, can I, can I just, I've struggled with it myself, of just being negative. I'm like, even when something positive happens, right? Like, I can find the negative in it. Like, I, I, uh, had, a, I had a little baby girl about a month and a half ago. Uh, she's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lover till like 3 a.m. Um, and then she's awful, right? But I was having this child uh, and, and I found the negative in it. Like, I was having a blessing, a beautiful baby girl, and then I found myself going, you know what? I can't go into a doctor's appointment, I can't see her heartbeat. I can't see the ultrasound monitor. I can't see any of that. And I had this like negative attitude towards everything. And I, and I think that's where a lot of us sit. Um, and if you think back through this season of 2020 and where we're kind of going and so on and so forth, I, I think a lot of us are there too. Uh, and, and here's what I mean. Uh, the other night I was sitting at home and... I thought, you know what, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe God's just speaking to me about this, and maybe I actually don't need to speak on this. And so I got on Instagram and and put up a question, and I said, if you could describe 2020 in one word, how would you describe it? And and I want you to hear some of these words. Um, First and foremost, stupidity, um, illogical, challenging, insane, intense, somebody said, Dumpster fire, if anybody can tell me what that actually is, uh, I would love to know, uh, because I don't know what that is, but it sounds negative, so I'm going to use it, right? Dumpster fire, somebody said emotional, horrible. Somebody put the poop emoji, which I'm pretty sure they mean like a bad word that they can't say in church, so they just put the poop emoji anyways, right? Funky, unprecedented, confusing, bad, painful, mentally draining, which to my response was that's two words, not one, but I'll use it anyways. Tragic. And then my favorite, love this one. Somebody in all caps, drawn out, just went, ah, right? Like I feel like that's all of us a little bit, right? And there's just like this negative towards 2020 and everything that's going on. I maybe want a step further. And I was like, well what what puts everybody in a negative attitude, right? Like if you ever sat and thought about that with yourself, like what puts you just in a raunchy mood, right? And I love some of these responses, and like I weeded out all the kids ones that were like, hey, what puts you in a negative mood? Like your face or like your mom, you know? Like these are all, (laughs) yeah, I for real got those. So, uh, but these are these are the serious ones that I love. Says this: what what puts you in a negative attitude? And I love this one because this is so me. When something doesn't go. Exactly how it's expected to go, right? Then a little bit of that perfectionist comes up inside of me, right? When you have planned and you've purposed and planned, and then something drastically happens that you just didn't expect, and it goes all wrong, and you're just negative and a downfall. I got 20 replies of politics, amen, right? So when somebody else has a negative attitude, there's some of you out there that is somebody's negative towards you, so you're like, I'm gonna be negative back, right? Like that's our first initial reaction. Being stressed out, right? This year, what it's all entailed and what it's brought, COVID, judgmental. This one's one that I thought was really good for us. It says this, when I strive to be better, but I always fail, right? Just puts you in a downcast attitude towards, and, and look, I, I know this is a little heavy, a little weighty this morning. But I'm just going to be honest, as like a pastor walking into 2021, I wanted to flip the script, because here's what I mean. Um, like every year you hear it's like new year, new me, right? It's like, no, it's never a new year and it's never a new you. Like you're the same person. Like you may just be better at hiding it for a couple extra months, but you're still negative, right? <laughs> like you just, it comes out a little bit later. And so I, I, wanted, I wanted us to talk about this this morning because as we move into 2021, just being honest, the atmosphere is not going to change. Like the COVID thing is still going to be real. The political uprest is still going to be real. All the negative issues, and maybe your family's falling apart right now, or maybe you just got done through that season, and maybe some difficult battles that you're facing. I just talked to a family at 930 that their mother-in-law unexpectedly passed away on Thanksgiving Day, right? And these are issues, and these are circumstances that have a lot of negative connotation towards it that aren't going to go away. And instead of just sitting around acting like it is, I'd rather just completely flip the script and go let's look at some scripture today and see how we can have more of a positive outlook into 2021 and where God's going to bring us. And so if you have some scripture today, uh, we are going to be camping out in Philippians chapter 4. Little caveat, uh, if you are just looking for some reading uh, of just Paul talking to the church and what God has got for the church, I would really encourage you over this next season uh, as we're walking into to read this. It's Four chapters, <laughs> literally four chapters, uh, is not very long, but it's rich. Uh, and I wish I had time this morning to sit and break down every single chapter because there's so much here for us. And so during this little break of this little season, if you have some time, read that. But Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, I'm going to read it and then we're going to break it down. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And then Paul follows it up and says, I'll say it again. Rejoice, let your, gl- let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this morning, for us to flip the script, to have more of a positive outlook into 2021, and where our families are at, where we're going, first thing we need to know, Number one, it's easy. Rejoice in the Lord. Look at verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Now, for, for a lot of you, you've heard that in here before. You've read this scripture. You know these verses, right? But a lot of us don't understand this rejoicing factor in a always. I don't know about you, but there's like, when bad things happen in my life, my first initial reaction isn't just go, woo, praise God, right? <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know about you, so I learned this when I was a kid, um, Man, when I was a little boy, um, my mom and my dad would ship me up to Illinois, because I was a lot, right? Like, I had, like, borderline ADHD and ADD, right? You know, I was a lot. And so my, my family would, would let me go up to Illinois to stay with my extended family up there. And I remember this one year when I was really young, uh, my aunt wanted to take us to Six Flags, and all summer, like, we did chores, and when I say we did chores, like, we didn't really do chores, right? Like, we just kind of did something to say, like, here, I'm going to give you money so we can go to Six Flags and then have a fun time, right? And so we did that, and I remember the day that we left, uh, my aunt had this little blue minivan that she put, like, 200,000 miles on, right? And she would take the middle seat out, and she'd lay out this blanket, and had all my toys out there for me to play, and, like, don't judge me, I was little, um... We were left that morning and like I was one of the first times I realized, like weather down here and weather up there north, it's just completely different, right? And we started this trek and we started this journey, and I mean the sky literally looked like Hades. I mean it was like death. Uh, the wind was whipping to the point where the car was moving, it may have just been the bald tires on my aunt's car, I don't know, but like I felt like we were rocking back and forth, the, the I mean, winds crashing down, the rains coming in heavy, so I grab the blanket and I throw it over my head, okay, again, I'm little, get off me, okay, I was scared, and all I remember, right, is at one point, the car just went haywire. I mean, we ran off the road, I think we did a flip, not really, but we spun, and I'm like, I'm thinking, it's a twister, right? Like, I'm thinking, we're in a real-life tornado, this is happening, here we go, right? And Come to find out, the tire on the car actually just popped, right? But my my aunt, right, is calm, cool, and collective, and I'll never forget this, when we come to a complete stop, I'm shivering, I'm shaking through my boots, and my aunt's in the front seat going, woo! praise Jesus and I'm like what I'm I'm thinking like my eight-year-old little self I'm going why is that your reaction right Um, and, and here's what I didn't realize and what Paul's trying to say to us right here is why my aunt was praising is because in my little mind I couldn't understand and grasp that God was actually protecting us right We could have hit any other car. We were on an interstate doing 75. We could have hit a rail. We could have flipped. We could have done all these other things, and God's sitting here protecting us. And in this book of Philippians, in the first four chapters, Paul talks about this, and he refers to joy or rejoicing 20 different times. He's looking at us. And I want to put this in a little context for you. He's writing to this church, but here's Paul writing about rejoicing in always while Paul's currently in a jail cell in Rome. Now, I don't know if you studied much on what prison looked like back then, right? But it's not prison today. Uh, Most of their prisons, especially in Rome, were underneath the ground. So your jail cell was a dark hole under the ground, right? Had no windows, had no ventilation system had no AC, no heat, no nothing. There was no sanitation, no sewage. Matter of fact, like for fun, the guards would come around and beat you and flog you just to make fun of you, right? And if you weren't a Roman citizen, you were locked in Roman jail, how you ate was by the grace of God, somebody would come give you food from outside the jail. Like they didn't feed you three meals a day, and they're like, oh, you're good now. This is like, Paul's chained up to a wall both his hands and his feet are probably swollen and cut. He's chained up to a wall going, praise Jesus always. And that should be humbling to us here in the church. Like, none of us are chained to a wall. None of us are under that type of affliction. And Paul's looking at us going, hey, your first reaction should always be praise God. If you're anything like me, I'm like, all right, come on, Paul. Right? Why? Like, I, I, I don't understand Like, you are in this problem, you're in this situation. Well, look, you have every right to be negative. Like, your outlook on this, you have every right in your suffering and your pain to go, this stinks, right? Every right. And then Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You should know this, but I love this. It says this And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those that who are called according to his purpose. Here's what that means for us in our situations. Even in a negative situation or circumstance, it still has the potential to produce a positive purpose for God's honor and glory. No, I, I wanna say that one more time because we hear that a lot, right? Like, our whole life story, it is the gospel, how God takes a really bad situation and turns it good for his honor and for his glory. It's like almost second nature in church where we just kind of expect it, but yet we don't praise and honor him for it. Like, it's almost like something happens and we sit back and, like, we prop our feet up a little bit and go, all right, God, I'm, I'm ready for you to do your work for, for my good. It's like, no, that's not how that works, right? And Paul's looking and saying, hey, the reason that I'm in this jail cell right now is because of the gospel. If you go back to chapter 1 of Philippians, it says in verse 13, and what I love and the reason he can say, hey, praise and honor God, even in a bad situation, he can use it, is because if you read in Philippians 1.13, matter of fact, that Paul had such a reputation that he made a name for him around the royal guard. Now, the royal guard was about 10,000 people strong, Okay, and they weren't just like your typical guard. They guarded like the emperor, the important people at the time, the jails, and all this other system. Here's what happened. Paul had such an emphasis on the gospel for his life that everybody around him knew who he stood for. Even in this negative, awful, gross, disgusting situation where Paul doesn't even know. He's like, look, I'm facing a death sentence. The closest people around him know who he's standing for. The people that he would interact every single day with to the point where it made through the whole 10,000 people and through the actual palace that this is a guy that stands for Jesus. And we're sitting here going, how can we praise and honor God in this negative circumstance? It's because God works for those good for his purpose. And so for a lot of you in here this morning, you need the reminder that even though your situation with your family or whatever you got going on may look dire, may look desperate, God can still work and use that through that. I was talking with this family this morning at 930 and um, she was saying I really needed this word today because my my mom passed away on, on Thanksgiving and she said we buried her yesterday and she said I got up the next morning and I didn't want to get up. I just wanted to lay there. I didn't want to go to her funeral or anything of that nature. And She said, I sat in bed and I prayed for God just to give me the strength to get up. And she said, you know what happened? He did. And he gave me so much strength that I went to her funeral. I praised and I worshiped and I danced because my mom is with Jesus in heaven. In your dire situation, doesn't matter what you're going through, God's still working through it. My family, and if you know me, you know my story, um, right out of high school into college, my family went through a pretty gross divorce. Um, and I had a lot of people at the time loving on me and caring for me and, and saying just awesome, hey, I'm praying for you, I'm taking care of you. And, and I tell people all the time, it's the best, worst thing that's ever happened to me. Because though even though there was so much pain and scars and hurt and brokenness, over years I watched God heal those. Even though that there was broken relationships within my family, I still watched God mend those back together. For his honor and for his glory, not ours. Every situation that we go through, even the situation that we're facing in our world today, is not at a loss. It's at a gain for God's glory. So number one... We rejoice in the Lord always. Number two, we respond in gentleness. Look at, look at verse 5 with me. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And I love that the Lord is near. That's a call to action. Paul's calling action to the church to say your gentleness needs to be evident to all. Church, can I, can I just be honest with you this morning? in the most loving possible way I can. Some of the most negative people are the ones that sit right here Sunday morning. Like can I, can I just be like, I'm not saying that to be mean or to hurt, but like I'm just trying to be honest. Like so, some of the most negative people sit in churches, I'm not talking just this church, I'm talking about in whole. And Paul's talking to other believers and he points it out and says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Philippians talks about this in chapter 2, verses 3 to 5. It says, do nothing, do absolutely nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but the interests of others. And then he kind of puts a little dagger on our back right here. He says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And, like, I, like, we hear that a lot, right? And we talk about becoming more like Christ every single day of our life and surrendering to him. But, but my question is, why do we walk outside the church and then, like, that goes all out the window? It's, like, it, it's really good to come into church and talk about how to become more like Jesus. And then you get into situations where, like, you're not gentle, right? Like, I talked about this um, a little bit ago. I, I just had a sweet little girl. And I'm, like, gentle all day, every day, right? Like, every time I rock her, you know, like, a good 45 minutes, getting them strong bicep burned, you know, you hold your child. Man, I'm telling you what, them biceps burn like crazy, right? And you're just bobbing and weaving all day long like this, right? Trying to get her to sleep, right? And you're rocking and you're rocking, and I'm gentle all day long, and I'm sitting there trying to soothe her to sleep, and we're, we're doing all these weird, wacko things, like, just get her to sleep a little bit, not cry, and then it's like three in the morning hits, and that gentleness is out the window, right? You're just like, won't you sleep? You know, like you're just like, you lose it, right? And isn't that, isn't that our attitude like today? It's like we have like limits on that, where we're like gentle, we're gentle, we're gentle, and then it's like something happens, the floodgate breaks, and we're like, gloves are off, I'm swinging, here we go, right? And with the rest of the world, can I, can I be honest with you? It's the gentleness of grace that this world's trying to see. And, and here's what I want to say to us as believers, we will accept that gentle grace in our relationship with Jesus all the time, right? Because not one of us right here is gonna say like, hey, no, I don't, I'm not gonna rob God of that. I want that grace in my life. And then here we go and we walk out and we'll take all the grace, we'll take all of that. And then when we turn and when it's our turn to extend that grace to somebody that doesn't deserve it, what do we do, right? More times than not, that grace is retracted back to us and instead we push negativity and our attitude towards them, right? We'll accept that grace, that gentleness from God all day long. And then when we walk out of this place, it's like something where we don't want to reciprocate it from, right? And Paul's looking at the church and saying, hey, in these remarkably awful times that we have right now, the way they're going to see me Is through your gentleness and your grace that you give everybody else. Not through your Facebook posts, not through walking into Target or Walmart and just ripping someone a new one, right? It's through the gentle grace that God has given us that we reciprocate that to everybody else. And God's, through us, through Paul this morning, he's looking at us and he's going, hey, real quick for a moment, I think you need to check yourself. How how much of that gentle grace are you giving versus how much are you receiving, this morning? Now look, there's grace upon grace upon grace, it's theological, but at some point that's got to re- be reciprocated back to this world, and Paul knows that. So two things that we're seeing this morning: we have to rejoice always in the Lord; we respond with gentleness, and we request with gratitude. Can I can I just be honest with you? Something that just irks me, right? Since we're being honest this morning, something that just really gets me in a bad attitude, right? Like one of the kids in the youth, and we're like on a mission trip, and they're like, hey, give me that. I'm like, what? Right? Like you're like, you're not gonna ask nicely, right? Like you're not gonna like, hey, thank you. May I have that, right? Like, and and God's looking at us. Look at verse six. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, listen to this, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. 1 Peter chapter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, right? Here's what God's saying through Peter right here. He's looking at the church. He's saying the reason that we can go to God and thankful request is because he's gracious enough in those times of depression, of hurt, of pain, of suffering, of discomfort. He gives us everything that we need. Church, how how many times have you, have you, now look, I know we won't say this to God, I know we won't pray this, but how many times have we thought, like, man, you know what, God, like, I'm reading my Bible, I'm going to church on Sunday, I'm doing everything I need to, but I feel like this situation you're putting me in, I just don't deserve that right now, right? you You ever thought about that in your own life, where like something's come up and it's completely derailed you, and you're like, God, why me, right? Man, I used, I used to ask my mom this all the time in the neighborhood. I had a buddy. I'm like, I love the Lord. My buddy didn't love the Lord. And, like, he'd be getting all these cool new toys. I'm like, Mom, why does that kid get all the cool new toys? Like, I don't. I love Jesus. I pray all the time. Like, why don't I get that kind of stuff? And I, I feel like that's us a lot of times. Again, we won't verbalize that. We don't pray that. But it's almost like we have this arrogant notion that if we can kind of clean ourselves up good enough in the sight of the Lord, then maybe, just maybe, like, we can run from the bad stuff of this world, right? Like, we, we kind of have that a that little bit in our life here. And Paul's looking at us and going, hey, come to God with a grateful attitude. Something so key for our relationship with God. I don't know about you, but any time I hear, like, requests from God, it kind of brings me back to, like, my middle school and, like, high school days and, like, youth group when, like, you youth pastor or something, like, hey, be careful what you wish for, right? Because everybody back then was, like, scared of the prosperity gospel, right? Like, back then, that's kind of like TV evangelists and, like, if you do this, if you do that, God will bless you and you have all these things. I remember that vividly, right? Because I remember in middle school, right, like, my relationship with God, I would pray at night. and be like, hey, Lord, um, I, I, would, I would really like for you to bring a pretty lady along the way and her to be my girlfriend so that, like, I can look cool to all my friends, right, you know? And then it kind of morphed in high school, right, where it'd go, uh, hey, Lord, I really want to go to a good school to get a good job so I can make bank and drive a Land Rover, right, you know? And that's not what Paul's saying here, right? Paul's talking about some deep, intimate issues and things that are going on in our life that God actually cares to deal with about you. That's the God that we serve that's the God that looking at Paul and going, hey, the reason you're praising him because I'm working through you. He's saying literally to us, when you come to me, request with gratitude. Request with gratitude. Can I, that word gratitude grabbed me this week. And, and can, I, can I be honest with you? A lot of us aren't grateful. Can I, can I just be real? Paul talks about this in chapter 4, if you ever get there. Because we aren't content with our life. Like, just just being honest, right? A lot of negativity, a lot of just attitude that we have towards everything is because deep down, just being real, we aren't content with what God's got for us. Just being honest. In in chapter 4 of Philippians, Paul literally looks at everybody and goes, I've found the secret in being content. Like, wouldn't that perk you up a little bit? Like, oh, huh. maybe I should listen a little bit. He's like, um... When I'm not strong, God is for me. When I'm weak, when I'm in over my head, when it's way too much for me to bear, I don't have to bear it. For a lot of us in here, we're really trying to bear that, that pain, that suffering, that hurt, that, the problem, the situation that we're in. And Paul's looking at us and saying, you don't have to bear that. Which leads me to my next point for today. We need to rest in the one who guards our heart. Can can I be honest again? There's a lot of us in here that are really restless, you know, because we're not content, right? A lot of us, uh, when we we have a little negative attitude or something comes up and, man, we're just downcast our spirit. It's because we're not resting in the Lord. It's because we can't find it. Look at what he says right here, verse 7. In the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I love that verbiage, which transcends all understanding. Can I tell you something, church? When we walk into a hectic and crazy and broken world, and we walk in it with the peace of God, it stops everybody in their tracks and go, wait a minute. Why aren't you responding the way we are? That's what this world's looking for right now. Our world's in in a crazy, hectic position, something that we've never seen before, and yet we have the peace and the remedy of God, and we choose to act like the rest of the world. John MacArthur says it like this. He puts it a little bit more elegantly than I could. He says this, the real challenge of the Christian life is not to eliminate every unpleasant circumstance, but that would be nice, wouldn't it, right? It is to trust in the good purpose of our infinite, holy, sovereign, powerful God in every difficulty. Those who honor Him by trusting Him will experience the blessing of His perfect peace. Right now, in our current position, our job is to honor Him by trusting that God is going to work through everything. Like, a lot of times when we're restless, is because we look at a dire situation and say it's too much, and we wouldn't say it, but it's even to the point of like, it's too much for God to handle. And, and, and like he's saying, he's like, hey, trust me, the God of the universe that knows what's happening tomorrow, knows what's happening down the road in the past and the future and the present, trust me that I've got a plan for this. The reason that we can have rest is knowing that fact. The reason that we can walk through this life, and look crazy to everybody else is because we have a peace that transcends all understanding. Because it's not based off our, off our circumstances, it's based off of who God is. And some of us in here this morning have kind of forgotten that. Because, I mean, look, it's easy, right? In life, when it's like one thing after the next thing after the next thing after the next thing hits and piles, it's almost like you're trying to speed to catch up. And like we get to this place in our life where we forget who's over all of it. And like, I, I get kids that ask me this all the time. Like, in this crazy time, where's God? Where is he? He's right in the middle of everything. He's sovereign over it all. He can take the really bad and turn it good for his glory and for his honor and for his purpose. And some of us in here today have just forgotten about that. Like, we're, we're walking through this life with this attitude because, honestly, we have put ourselves up on the pedestal and not God. That's where we're at. That's where we've been. And maybe today, God's asking you to pluck yourself off and to put him back in his rightful position where he belongs. Some of us have relied upon ourselves for way too long, and our attitudes are reflecting it. That's where a lot of this hostility and this negative attitude's coming from is because we just can't handle it anymore. And, and can I just be honest with you? A little bit of that has been me too. Like I'm going to put myself in that category because, man, th- this year has been wild beyond circumstances. And, and, and it's been hard for me to walk into a notion to go, man, God, I'm going to stay positive. And walking into 2020 knowing, God, I don't know what we're walking into. But Father, you do, puts it in a completely different perspective. When we hang our hats and our hopes off of who God is versus our hats and our hopes off who everybody else is, it's a completely different story. So for today, there's like four takeaways that I've given you. They all start with an R. And I love this. Walking in. How can we walk forward? How can we move? How can we go? First thing we got to do is rejoice in our salvation. Church, can I I ask you, when was the last time you just rejoiced because you've been saved by Jesus? You know where that joy comes from? is knowing that you don't deserve it like we talked about earlier. When was the last time we sing in here all the time, we're talking about rejoicing and praising God? You You know what my hope today is and for this last song? Is that for some of you for a long time have just like been kind of crass to the fact that we're saved. Right? Like some of us just need to praise and honor God for the fact that we have salvation. And so often we take that for granted, right? That we walk in here every Sunday just like, yep, we're saved. And it should blow our mind how good God is and how much he loves us. So we rejoice in our salvation. And based off of that, we respond with a life that consists of gratitude. How do we be grateful for everything that we possibly do? We find contentment in who God is with us. Man, we talked about this earlier. A lot of us in here aren't content because we're not content with what God has for our life. Some of us are angry or upset, feel fearful over it. And God's saying, I need you to be content with where I've got you. And that's exactly where I want you. So we rejoice and we respond with greatness. And in those times, and those hurt, and those trouble, when it's too much, we request from God with a grateful heart. Man, church, I cannot express this enough of going to God and overabundantly thanking Him for working in our life. And I think we need a reminder to that. And when that happens, we can rest in the satisfying peace of who God is for our life. This morning, church, that's what my, that's my prayer. That's my prayer walking into 2021. That's my prayer walking into next week. Is that for some of you, you've never, ever, ever found rest in who God is for your life. I mean, can I ask you to do something? I'm going to throw up a screen up here. It's called our next steps. And um, one of my favorite things to do every Monday morning is I get an email of people that text in on these next steps. And, and what this does is for maybe for you here this morning that don't know anything about the Lord or, man, you're just struggling and you don't know who Jesus is. If you just text that number, one of, one of the pastors will get with you. It, it warms my heart every Monday or Tuesday to see people respond to who God is and to give them a call and to hear what God is doing. Right? And we don't take it for granted because here's the thing. We just had a baptism in a pandemic. And we we're not praising and honor and worship God for that, of still life change. And so I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you fit in all this category. But I do know that God wants us to respond. And for some of you, that needs to be a response of salvation, of giving your life to Jesus. And for a lot of us in here, our response needs to be doing this next song to praise and to honor and to worship God like we had never have before. And just to confess to him this morning that it's overdue. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, we thank you for the hope that you give us, that even though we don't necessarily know what tomorrow holds or the day after that or even next year, but you do. God, I pray for this congregation as we walk into that, that the peace of God will bring a calmness over their life in a hectic world right now. Father, allow this church to be the church outside of these four walls when we walk out here, when chaos is going around us. Father, let us be the peace that you have for us. Father, this week, for anybody in here that's just hurting, that the world's just falling apart around them Father, would they have no hope but they put their trust in you this week? Father, we want to give you all the honor and we want to give you all the glory that you deserve here today. It's in your name we pray. Amen.